1: A lot of people that I've um, hooked up with since that mm-hmm. episode feel like they know me and that they know what um. to do with my body instead of asking me, they're like, oh, so you like it like this. I'm like, actually no. Uh. <laughs> like, you got that from episode two. You know, I can tell. I was just like, you got that from episode two. <laughs> I'm lady like, a lady like, a lady like, a lady like.
0: Hey, y'all, and welcome to Unladylike, where we find out what happens when women break the rules. I'm Kristen. And I'm Caroline. And not to brag, Caroline, but we have been kind of a jet-setting podcast lately. I mean, last week, we were in Australia talking to the incredible Rosie Batty. Y'all have to listen if you haven't already. Uh, In May, we're going to be traveling up to New York, Brooklyn specifically, to record a live podcast at the Bell House. Grab your ticket. ASAP, and today we're doing a little traveling too, right? That's right. Our
2: passport is getting a new podcast-shaped stamp, (gasps) whatever that shape may be, because we're going to Kenya. Kenya! Kenya! By Skype. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, by Skype officially. I guess that's what the podcast stamp would look like. It would just be the Skype. A laptop? Yeah. Yeah. And we were so excited to virtually be in Nairobi today because we're talking to a very sexy young lady. Her name is Kaz Lucas, and she's been described by the BBC and, well, herself, as one of the sex queens of Kenya. And the first time you and I saw her, Caroline, it was kind of podcast love at first sight, although it it could have just seemed like podcast creeps on our end. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we actually tracked
2: her down at a women's podcasting conference called Work It in L.A. last fall.
0: Well, and we saw you at the workshop for another round, mm-hmm. and they had a Q&A line. And I think that you were the last one, maybe. the first. I was the first and, was the Oh, first, you were the girl.
1: first. So... I wanted to be heard, just because I wanted for people to remember. Because, I mean, I tra- I've traveled halfway across the world so that I could come for this thing. I wasn't going to go back without anybody seeing me or recognizing me. Or So I didn't know what I was going to ask. I have no idea what I asked.
0: Uh, so I don't either, to be honest. But I do remember how she introduced herself as hosting one of the most popular podcasts in Africa. And it was
1: basically the same way she introduced herself for the show today. So I have a podcast called The Spread, which is a sex-positive podcast, which is just shining light predominantly on positive stories about sex and sexuality across the continent. The African continent. I forget that there are many. So when Kaz said this at the conference,
2: the audience basically just erupted into applause, like,
1: yes, girl, yes.
2: And Kristen and I looked at each other, and we were like, okay, we've got to talk to this girl.
0: And then once we got back home, I started Googling around to learn more about her, and it quickly became clear that Kaz is so much more than the spread. She's been a singer, a filmmaker, a former reality show star, who, in the words of one Kenyan blogger, became the country's, quote, patient zero of revenge porn. So today, we're going to talk to Kaz about that, about how it
2: all led to the spread, And why making a podcast about sex in Kenya isn't just risque, it's also kind of risky. All to figure out what does it look like and what does it sound like to really own your sexuality.
1: And welcome to The Spread with Kaz and Nini. I am your host, Kaz. And Nini. And I hope you're having a lovely day. And we have our clothes on. We promise you that. (laughs) Well, I don't Okay, yes. (laughs) So, a little bit about The Spread. It's a show about sex positivity and open conversations. Wide open conversations. I mean, I just had to throw that in, right?
2: (laughs) So, in case you couldn't tell, that is The Spread, and the other voice you heard is a woman named Nini with Sarah. She used to
0: co-host the show with Kaz, but she recently stepped down. The spread has been around for two years now. Kaz calls her listeners spreaders, which is so cute. I mean, she's got the spreaders. We've got the young ladies. Obviously, we would all get along. And spreaders are all over the world, everywhere from the U.S. and the U.K. to the UAE and Saudi Arabia. And I got to say, Caroline... I just never heard anything quite like it. Like, the topics themselves, yeah, sure, I know about orgasms and contraceptives and even maybe female ejaculation, sure. But it was how unapologetic the two women were in describing their own pleasure and also in affirming each other's pleasure. Like, you know that saying, don't yuck my yum? (laughs) Like, they are the embodiment (laughs) of that. Oh, totally.
2: And we want to give y'all a sense of the show too, so we're gonna play a little bit. The spread is part sexy confessional. Right.
1: But then I posted on my Instagram a picture of my wet sheets. I saw those. Yes, girl. Wow. Part yeah. sex education. Female body, which by the way has four thousand more nerves than the than the male A uh, total of eight. Eight thousand 8, 8,
2: nerves. No. And part get advice from a cool older sister. I mean, listen to this live show that Kaz recorded with a special guest where they answered audience questions.
1: Okay, I'm going to go to part two of this. If I'm a girl who sleeps with a gay friend, am I a lesbian? Um, I'm (laughs) going to assume the gay friend is is also a girl. Okay. So basically, if I'm a girl that sleeps with another girl, am I a lesbian? Let me just start by saying... The... the The answer, one of the answers could be maybe, but w- sexuality is such a, a big and vast topic and mm. doesn't necessarily, I think your sexual orientation doesn't have to do with your sexual experimentation. I think they can be two completely different things. I think you can sleep with girls as a, as a female and not necessarily identify as a lesbian. So as you all can
0: hear, the spread is more than just a podcast. It's really a whole community. Kaz gets emails that might sound familiar, you know, stuff like young guys at university who've never had sex and want advice on how to meet women. She also gets stuff that might not sound familiar. On her Instagram, for instance, one survivor of female genital mutilation asked for advice on letting guys get more up close and personal. She wrote, I've gone through FGM and that was horrendous. But that aside, I'm afraid of my guy going down on me because I feel incomplete down there. How do I overcome this fear and how do I know if I'm enjoying sex or not? And honestly, we can all take something from Kaz's response, she said, to not rush it, to not put pressure on yourself to suddenly have to perform in some way. And side note, FGM is illegal now in Kenya, but obviously a lot of women are still living with it.
2: But whether the topic is serious or something fun like looking at a porn star's sex life or evaluating monogamy... Kaz is never not getting personal.
1: Oh, my word. You know what I love? What? I love it when people suck my toes. Oh, yeah. And I think it's very disgusting. So when I do find a partner that loves to suck my toes, then the first thing I think is like, Ew, 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 ew. ew. I hope I wash my feet. Did I wash my feet? (laughs) Did I wash my feet? On
0: that episode, Caroline, there was a wonderful SoundCloud comment that just said, Never heard somebody speak so passionately about liking armpits. (laughs) (laughs) Same. 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 So uh, how did
2: Kaz
1: become this sex positive? My mom was cool. (laughs) That's the only answer I have. My mother was so cool. Um, My mother is no longer. My mother passed away five years ago. And... um, yeah, she was just like, uh, when, I was, uh, when I was 14 years old, she told me, when you're ready to have sex, you let me know because you have to come and do it in my house. Like, you need to be under adult supervision. <laughs> did you? I did, yeah. Uh, okay, it wasn't the first time, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, and
2: so, so, I mean, uh, I realize
1: this is a weird question, but, like, how, how was it doing it with, quote, supervision. So she, so this is what happened. I called, I had been dating this boy that she loved. She loved him so much. So I called her, I was 16 years old and I called her and I was like, Hey mom, I think I'm ready. You remember, you remember telling me when I'm ready to call you? I think I'm ready. She was like, okay, okay, okay. (laughs) I called her from a payphone. (laughs) (laughs) because by that time my parents were separated so I was doing I was going between my dad and my mom's house so I called her from a payphone I was like mom I think I'm ready can I come to your house this weekend and she was just like yes so I went to her house and then she prepared the house she cooked dinner and then she left some condoms and she went out with her friends uh, that is A,
0: unexpected, but B, like, so incredible. I wish that my mother were here just to <laughs> see what she would think, because we were not allowed to even have people of the opposite sex in our bedrooms. Oh, no. Oh, no. Definitely. Not with the door closed. Uh, No.
2: And, you know, my mom tried to do the, like, really supportive mom thing, and she told me that when I was going to start having sex, I needed to come to her so I could get on birth control. Sounds great. Sounds, like, super supportive. But unlike Kaz's mom, when I finally did approach Sally, she started to cry.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Kaz is very clear. Her mom was not the norm for a Kenyan mom. Uh, Kenyan moms are a lot
1: more like Sally. Sexuality or... Sex is one of those things that you never speak about. Children are raised, girls are raised, you know, to sort of keep their legs shut. And then as they grow older, it's like, keep your mouth shut, like don't speak out of turn, speak when spoken to. It's kind of one of those societies. So you'll find, if you ever meet people from around the continent, you'll always find that the Kenyan ones are are the ones that are shy uh, They'll cover their mouths when they laugh. It's, it's very common. Um, so, you know, with regards to sex, nobody ever spoke to anybody about sex. The boys were never spoken to about sex and the girls definitely not. The only conversations that girls have regarding sex are when their mothers tell them about their period and that conversation goes a little something like this. Your period is gonna begin. Here are some pads. Don't sleep with any boys. You will get pregnant. <laughs> and it's, that's basically it. When there was sexual education in, in schools, which has been banned, so is no longer there. When there was sex education in schools, it was mostly about like, all of the diseases that you could get from having sex. It was never anything else. It was just like, this is what your genitals will look like when you have gonorrhea. This is what you're. What's going to happen to you when you when you're HIV positive or when you are dying of AIDS, and it's it's always been negatively portrayed. And this is how everybody that I know grew up, and this is how people that I know are, are continuing to grow up. Kaz sees the spread as her way of creating an educational, sexy, safe space in a
0: conservative culture where comprehensive sex ed is not welcome.
1: I felt like there was a gap in the in Kenya with regards to sex education. And I figured that it would be nice for people to learn from an informal perspective where they relate. So stories about, personal stories about my life, and then just giving people advice and letting people know that it's okay for them to feel the way they feel as long as they're doing it in a safe way, as long as the the decisions that they're making are consensual.
0: We'll dive into why there is that gap there in Kenya. And how it's contributed to some speed bumps in Kaz's career when we come back.
2: We're back and we're talking with Kaz
0: Lucas, the host of the fabulous podcast, The Spread. And for some context as to why Cass has taken on the mantle of becoming a self-taught sex educator, partly has to do with HIV. Kenya has the world's fourth-largest HIV epidemic, and girls and women are disproportionately affected. But religious groups have slammed any effort to teach kids about sex and contraceptives because they think it encourages promiscuity. Sounds familiar. Sounds so familiar. A spokesperson for one anti-sex ed group called Citizen Go said it's teaching children that they are sexual, that they can experiment with homosexuality, and that abortion is their right. Well— okay. (laughs) I know. It sounds like that's really good sex ed, to be honest. I know. But, I mean, it really does sound a lot like what we hear in the United States in conservative corners. Right.
2: Because similar to the U.S., a big part of Kenya's conservative attitude towards sex comes from the influence of Christianity. A full 83%
1: of Kenyans say that they're Christian. We have, I don't know if it's the same in the States, but we have religious leaders who have a very big stake in in government and um government like a lot of laws are passed based off of what the religious leaders think it's almost like a part of parliament so to speak and i think it's just kind of how many ways can we tell people not to have sex at young ages if if you know if church is not going to be able to send the message across what else can we do oh let's show them like
2: diseased penises (laughs) But Kenya's sex negativity runs deep, and much of it flows straight from the same river of sex negativity that
0: we live with in the U.S. too. And that comes courtesy of British imperialism. Ding, ding, ding. When the British arrived in East Africa in the late 1800s and took over what they would name Kenya— They brought a ton of hypersexualization, telling African women, hey, you need to cover up, banning nudity. They also criminalized homosexuality, and they sent in a ton of Christian missionaries to basically indoctrinate these quote-unquote savage Africans to their more civilized way of life. Those attitudes became codified once the British were like, hey, take our religion and our court system— Tribal courts were replaced by the European penal code system, which enforced criminalization of homosexuality. And when
2: Kenya won its independence in 1963, that old European penal code was essentially left in place, meaning that being gay or being openly gay in Kenya is
1: still legal. What the law states is, where is it? Um, so in Kenya, the law criminalizes consensual adult same-sex intimacy, or carnal knowledge against the order of nature. So the LGBT community is trying to contest that.
2: What are the general, like, cultural attitudes towards uh, same-sex relationships? I mean, compared to the laws. Like, the laws sound... Stupid. So strict. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Please go on. <laughs> so, it's also a very homophobic community, unfortunately. Uh and a very angry homophobic community where there's a lot of violence exerted um, towards uh, people of the LGBTQIA community. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if no, a friend of mine was actually recently kidnapped and beaten almost to death because they, they were saying that he was gay. So that's the climate that Kaz lives in and grew up in
0: and has impacted her career in ways that she never could have predicted
1: so that's
2: Kaz back in 2013 turns out before she was a hotshot podcaster Kaz was a big time performer
1: I started doing music, my first performance was when I was 14 years old. And I I started doing music at such a young age, but, like, nobody who was a musician with me at that time was allowed to do music. Like, their parents didn't allow for them. But, like, my mother never prevented me. Even my dad. He was very supportive of my music career.
2: Music was Kaz's entry into the entertainment world. When she was 14, she made her debut singing with Coolio, of all people. And she continued to sing and perform throughout her teens. She became this rising star.
0: And she went on to land spots on Kenyan reality TV and win awards like the Cora Award for the most promising female artist in Africa. Kaz was dubbed the Kenyan Queen of Soul. That sounds amazing. I know. Good for her. But
2: unfortunately, not everybody was looking out for her. In 2006, the same year that she won that award and was getting reality TV attention, she got
1: blindsided by some internet misogyny. I had just released my first album. Thank God we didn't have Facebook account. But, like, email was really prevalent. <laughs> so a lot of people were just um, sending around emails. And there was a Ford that went around, and it was, like, pictures of me naked, which I had taken with my ex-boyfriend at the time.
0: Yep, that's right. Kaz was Kenya's first public victim of revenge porn, or patient zero, as one blogger put it. And when Kaz publicly urged people to just delete the photos, it only drew more attention and made things worse. People heard, oh, naked photos, and just went
1: seeking them out. Everybody hated me. People started calling me a slut. She's a whore. She shouldn't have done that. Blah, 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 blah. Everyone had their opinion of why you should never. You should never have taken pictures for your partner. You should never do that. Classic revenge porn victim
2: blaming. And on top of that, gossip sites were accusing Kaz of doing the whole thing as a publicity
1: stunt, which she was not. It was horrible. It was one of the most horrible experiences I've I've had to go through in my life. And it ruined everything. It ruined my musical career. It ruined—it just ruined my life. Do you wish you'd never taken the photos? No. Uh, An intimate moment with my partner, I don't regret like whatever came out of it, that that it's not my fault. For me to regret it means that it's my fault and it wasn't. And I will, I will never blame myself. And I never did. I never went through a phase where I blame myself and I shouldn't have done that, I'm so stupid. No, because it wasn't. It was somebody else who did that to me. And I, I completely, fully like acknowledge it. Like some asshole decided to do that to me. And the comments that made
2: her even more upset were the supposed compliments. She's like, assholes,
1: these photos weren't for you, and I don't need your assessment. People say, you know, Kaz, those pictures were actually quite nice. Like, that shit drives me insane. Oh, like, I hate it. I hate it when people say, actually, Kaz, you look really sexy. I'm just like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Understandably, Kaz lay low for a while, but she couldn't hide forever. I mean, I did wallow and I did spiral down a little bit, but, like, after that, it's just like, so who's going to pay my bills? She
2: started singing again anywhere that would take her—festivals, clubs. And over the
1: past decade, she's branched out into other media. I did a documentary series called Kenyan Woman where I spoke about women who had gone through some form of, like, sexual violence— and this was actually funded by uh, Vida Evensla, you know, um, the author of the Vagina Monologues. And that, ki- that was actually one of the things that bounced me back up and allowed me to talk a little bit about sexuality. That's kind of where it started. Cass started connecting the dots. She loves talking about
0: sex, her friends like hearing her talk about sex, and she wanted to help people realize they weren't alone in their sexual experiences like she had been. Trying
1: to find an, an avenue. Or trying to find a a release for this, like, huge sexual ball of fire that I carry with me every day. So
0: when her friend Nini suggested they make a show talking all about sex and relationships and the stuff they wish they'd been taught, it didn't take Kaz long to come up with the spread.
1: And this is it.
0: But just because Kaz was
2: ready for the spread doesn't mean that Kenya was. The next hurdle Kaz had to jump when we come back.
1: actually oh i know i know a couple of other people who um who experience this and it can just be from breast stimulation and nothing else yes 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 oh wonderful breasts (sighs) yeah let's take a moment of silence to think about those people Okay. (laughs) The oral orgasm.
2: orgasm. We're back, and we're talking with Kaz Lucas, host and creator of the super sex positive podcast The Spread, which she started after surviving revenge porn.
0: Was it nerve-wracking at all, the prospect of going there again, going, like, opening yourself up, kind of making yourself vulnerable again um, through The Spread?
1: Yeah, Uh, but not the vulnerability. So like, I don't struggle with vulnerability, even in relationships. I, I love hard. And of course, because of that, I, I, I get heartbroken really quickly or really easily, but I give everything. So even with a podcast, I'm just, I'm, oh, my struggle is not being vulnerable or talking about my experiences. Um, the only thing that I was scared of was like getting, shut down by the government.
2: For a little perspective, a few months before the spread came out, some of Kaza's good friends got in a lot of trouble for making a documentary
1: about gay people in Kenya called Stories of Our Lives. When the government got hold of the fact that they had made this film that was like a quote unquote gay film, then they went to the offices and arrested these guys. They were thrown in the cell just for making the film. At first, things
0: went smoothly for the spread. They put out their first episode about contraceptives, a topic they chose because they didn't think it would be that controversial. And while they followed that up with some sexier topics, it was actually their podcast photo that got them noticed.
1: The picture my co-host and I had um, as the profile picture for the podcast was her and I, and we're kind of looking sultry at each other or something. The photo is
2: Kaz and Nini wearing head wraps and maybe nothing else. I mean, their shoulders are bare and their heads are super close together. It's a really beautiful picture. I mean, they both totally look like sex goddess models.
0: Yeah, but it's just a headshot. Like, there's yeah. no cleavage. There's no there's no side boob. No. There's no labia peeking out of anywhere. <laughs> it's like literally just gorgeous women. And even so,
1: the government was totally baffled. They. Thought that, you know, it was a lesbian TV show. And you know, they've such a backward government, they don't know what a podcast is. So they thought that we had released a lesbian TV show called The Spread Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the head of the
0: Kenya film classification board literally referred to them as quote, popular lesbian celebrities, which honestly I wish people would mistake us for Caroline. I mean, it it sounds delightful. It does. A couple months, though, after they launched the spread, the government contacted the production company Kaz was working with, asked for a meeting,
1: and no one really knew what was going to happen. Like, I had a mini, like, panic attack.
0: Did it feel for a moment, you know, when you were still under the covers, did it feel for a moment like 2006 all over again? It felt exactly like
1: that. That's exactly how it felt.
2: The production company ended up dropping
0: Kaz, but then nothing happened. The government just sort of walked away. It turns out the government doesn't actually have any jurisdiction over online content.
1: And then that's when, actually, that's when the show blew up. Because of all of that hula-baloo, everybody now Mm -hmm. knew about the spread. So everybody was, like, on my SoundCloud, like, trying to check, like, what the hell all of this hula-baloo was about. Great marketing. It was amazing. It was the most amazing thing that happened to us. The most amazing thing that happened to us.
2: Still, Kaz is cautious because the one thing that the government did tell her not to do was to, quote, turn people
1: into gays and lesbians. I mean, that would be a cool superpower, though. Oh, yeah. Let's be honest. It's actually one of the things that I'm so scared of talking about. And it's one of my topics for season two because I really want to delve into like conversations about uh, providing safe spaces for queer people in Kenya you know, where they can get safe healthcare, where they can find safe spaces, or like counseling groups and stuff like that, which I think is important for a lot of people who are not yet out or scared about talking about their sexuality. One of the first videos that I did uh, at the beginning of the year was where I was talking about what's in my sex box. And I cut out the section where I was talking about my sex toys, because sex toys are also illegal in Kenya. What? Right? So one of the toys that I was talking about was like a vibrating butt plug. And I was just like, I was, that, it worried me so much. Like I sent it out to one of my um, LGBT uh, lawyers and I was just like, is this going to get me in trouble? (laughs) Because I don't want to get in trouble. I mean, it would be nice to get that noise. Just, I'm always wary of what I talk about and what I put out. I mean, I don't, I'm not in the closet. I don't consider myself being in the closet. But then when it comes to like public conversations, like the podcast, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I'm just like, I'm very scared of jail. <laughs> like That's the only thing that stops me. I'm just like, they're gonna arrest me. And then they're gonna confiscate my equipment. Oh my god, I would die. <laughs>
0: Are you talking about your vibrating butt plug or you recording (laughs) it? All of
1: it, girl. All of it. They would take it all.
0: (laughs) So I love this. In the same breath, Kaz says she's afraid, but also that she's going to tackle it in the next season of The Spread. Gotta love how bold she is. Yeah, I mean, and it's not just boldness. It's like straight up bravery. But Kaz doesn't see herself as brave. She says that owning her sexuality,
1: especially on public, is something she's still working on. I aspire to be one of those people because as much as I am as open as I can be, I definitely know that there's some self-censorship. And it's just because of my fears. And I think I'm I'm heading towards the direction where I'm no longer going to be afraid to speak my mind.
0: And I wonder what you would advise people listening who who want to experience that who want to experience you know being sexually comfortable in their own skin
1: uh you know I can't even tell you how, what it took me to get here it's just you you are the only person that is you. you know you don't need to be anybody else so then you begin to be comfortable in everything and when you begin to be comfortable in everything then you begin to be comfortable in your sexuality And your nudity, and I think that's actually the first step, Is just like looking at yourself naked in the mirror and being like, I like that person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's step one. And step two? Be weary of the people that you don't feel authentic connection to. And then everybody else, honestly, if they're not paying your bills, then they don't matter.
2: Kaz says she hears from her listeners all the time about how they're trying something new or
0: having their own breakthrough because they've been inspired by the show. But what gets Kaz even more pumped is Kenya's comprehensive sex ed movement. Human rights lawyers around the country are pushing to get sex ed into school curriculums, which makes Kaz super excited. She says she wants to be at the front of the line helping to spearhead the movement with her microphone. And she says she's planning an episode about sex ed with real live
2: teenagers. Real teens? Real teens. Not adults
0: just dressed up as teens? <laughs> I verbally
2: know. <laughs> and this is all coming out in season two, along with more discussions about queer Kenyans, abortions, and kink. And you'll be able to listen to season two
0: on April 12th. So head over to SoundCloud to listen to The Spread. And definitely check out a couple of Kaz's favorite episodes A Day in the Life of the Porn Star with Jet Setting Jasmine and King Noir. They are one mm-hmm. sexy couple. Oh, yeah. I'm sweating in my underarms just thinking about it right Your now. Your underarms? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what I call my vagina. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Oh, my God. There are so many great episodes. Kaz also recommends How to Make Her Come. I mean, in general, but also there's an episode literally titled, like, How to Make Her Come. There's also an episode looking at threesome etiquette.
0: You know, just FYI. So you're aware. Yeah, it's a real smorgasbord of sexual topics. And it's all super open-minded, obviously super sex positive, LGBTQ positive. So... Check them out and let us know what you think. We can't wait for y'all to meet Kaz, too. Email us at hello at unladylike.co or hit us up on the socials at unladylikemedia.
2: Plus, find all our links and resources over at unladylike.co. And don't forget to subscribe to our delightful newsletter while you're there to get a weekly dose of actually good news about women in the world. Y'all, like we said at the top of the show, we are doing a live show in New York City. Brooklyn specifically, but yeah, you know, New York. yeah. Uh, And tickets are available right now on the internet.
0: And listen, I am super
2: pumped because we're going to be chatting
0: about beauty. And statement lips and lipstick teeth and runs in our pantyhose. Skincare. These are just like things that I don't know much about. So y'all, bring your questions because there is so much beauty claptrap to unpack. And speaking of which, we just released a brand new bonus episode on Stitcher Premium where we tackle a question y'all have been dying to hear the answer to. What in the fuck does claptrap mean? (laughs) You know, Caroline and I are always like, let's unpack this claptrap. And you're like, uh, a diseased bit of genitalia? (laughs) Well, we're not going to spoil what it means, but we will say we've heard some hilarious things from some of y'all. Like some sort of animal truck? So find this
2: episode and all of our extra special bonus content at stitcher.com slash premium. Y'all can use the code unladylike to get a month of free access.
0: Abigail Keel is the senior producer of Unladylike. Mixing and sound design is by Casey Holford. Julie Subern is our editor. Our music is by Flamingo Shadow, Amit May Cohen, and Sarah Tudson. Our executive producers are Chris Bannon and Jenny Rattleit. And we are your hosts, Kristen Conger and
2: Caroline Irvin. Next week, we're talking about something that's got a ton of names, but none of our guests could agree on one.
0: Most normally, I say weed. You know, I truly believe that her proper name is cannabis. Oh, gosh. I prefer the word cannabis, however arose by any other name, is still a sweet. <laughs> we are going to be throwing out all of our weed puns to talk about the growth industry of legal cannabis. It's going to be an elevated conversation. We're going to be getting lit with knowledge, so put on your blazers and oh, get ready. Okay. I think I that think the, the people out there, they get it. They okay, get it. Okay, okay.
2: So uh, make sure y'all subscribe to our show and your favorite podcast app so you don't miss all of our puns and, you know, the rest of the show. And remember,
0: if you got a problem, get unladylike. And then in uh Physics. It was like a substitute teacher was like, I don't know. We're just <laughs> going to look at some. some. How uh, some, fast. Uh, if a <laughs> penis is moving down the tracks. At, <laughs> oh, no, it was oh, 60 oh, miles an okay. hour. <laughs> I, I was clearly paying attention. All uh, I remember was the if disease. If the mass thinking. of a penis and its velocity, if, uh-huh. it, if a penis reaches a velocity. <laughs> Does a woman have an orgasm? <laughs> I wish. I would have re- remembered a lot more of physics, clearly, if that had been the case.
1: Stitcher.